All right, back to work. Not fired. As once again, I was asked. Take more than two days off and it's always the same thing. Are you fired? No. I take time off and I always say it before I take time off. Anyways, yes, Blake Murphy is here. So I'm going to get to him in a second. And we're going to do some nice, fun things today. We will do nice fun. Not in a mood for fun nope. after last night. <sighs> That's the worst part about Canada basketball happening in the middle of the day, in the early afternoon or the early morning, is that by the time the Jays finish playing, all the goodwill from Canada basketball has evaporated. So last night, it's mom's night for McKee and I, where... Every year we take our moms to a baseball game. It's a nice event. Go out for a couple of drinks. The moms are excited. And guess what I said to them when we bought the tickets for this game against the Washington Nationals? Should be a win. I didn't say should be a win. I said this is great because it'll be guaranteed win night for the moms. It's playoff time. The Blue Jays need wins. And it's unbelievably believable, this team. They, they are unbelievably believable. Just... Th- the predictability of how unclutch these guys are is astounding. It is truly astounding to go down to the ballpark, pay money, sit down in those seats, or just spend your evening at home watching this baseball team and watching them just crumble in front of you. You know, the runners in scoring position thing has been a thing all year. They get the bases loaded. There's no outs. They get their two, three, four guys coming up. I don't blame David Schneider one bit, who is a god amongst men, who, again, John Schneider, you owe people an explanation as to why this guy was on the bench so much when he's the only guy on your team that can actually hit a baseball or give you a good at-bat consistently, but that's for another day. But you get your 2-3-4 up, and your superstar that has been horrific this season by his standard and by, honestly, the standard of just first baseman in baseball, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., guess what? He, he beats a ground ball into the dirt. His signature play over to the left side. Oh, there's a ground ball and there's an easy out. Hey, at least he actually ran it out this time, unlike his first at-bat where I watched him absolutely dog it to first base. So that was nice. That was a good change of pace. And they just they can't bring anybody home. They can't bring a, 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 the game-tying run home. They can't do that. Most teams you're thinking, oh, no, this is going to be a walk-off on victory. And, and I think part of what I find so upsetting is attendance this year has been phenomenal. That ballpark is loaded every night. I've probably now been to about, I'm going to say, 25 to 30 games, which is a bit of a low number for me this year. It feels like it felt in 2015 and in 2016 with the amount of people that are there just night in, night out, that want something to root for, that are aching to like this baseball team. And I'm not sure if there's ever been a team that's this well-supported that is this disliked. The ratio of there are fans in the seats to everyone groaning who has been to the ballpark before. It's to the point now with this team that... When the crowd gives them the little polite cheer for when they get out of an inning, you know, they make a defensive play, they move on. I, I can't take it. I, I go, don't cheer for them. Don't, do not cheer for these guys. They do not deserve your cheers. They do not deserve your cheers. I'm watching J-Rod basically carry the Seattle Mariners into a postseason berth as Vladimir Guerrero Jr. again cannot do anything productive at the plate with runners in scoring position or just in general, like throughout the game, it is just lackluster. And then you've got a manager who's as Ennis said yesterday on Twitter, talking himself in circles. Alejandro Kirk is there is guess what? There is not a soul that is currently in the studio that can't beat Alejandro Kirk in a foot race. 
It's true. Every single person here can beat him in a foot race. No questions asked. And for some reason, there's no pinch runner for him because what he doesn't pinch. What was the explanation? He doesn't pinch run. It's not the to, tying run. It's not the tying run. And it's what do you and this he's and I'm not I'm not exaggerating. He said that the chances of a medium depth fly ball with an average arm outfielder was not on his bingo card. Yeah. Oh, which a was sack amazing. fly yeah, sack doesn't fly. come up as yeah. a scenario. No. Guess what? If you're not thinking about a sack fly as a scenario, then you shouldn't be the manager of this baseball team or any baseball team, frankly. Like, you shouldn't be a minor league baseball coach. There are two huge flaws with the thinking, too. And one is that Oof. you are saying it's not the tying run. Well, that's, that makes sense if it's the bottom of the ninth. Yeah. But it's not. You can chip away one run, and then the ninth is easier to play out. But the other one is the absolute only explanation I could get to with not pinch running McCoy there is we're going to use him as a defense replacement because all of our shortstops are out of the game. And if we pinch run him for the DH, we can't do that. And then they didn't do that when they had the scenario and then Kevin Biggio play shortstop for the first time in his career. I love the challenge too. I know they had to do it. It's the eighth inning, whatever, but no, they, they put it up on the jumbo John. I went, yeah, don't put that one up. <laughs> like let's not put up the guy who got beat by five feet up on the jumbotron when it comes to the challenge. Anyway, it's a horrific night for John Schneider. I, I think that most of the time blaming the manager is a pretty stupid move, especially with teams like this that have been so unproductive at the dish. You know, you go, what, what do you want him to do? What do you want him to do? George Springer aged overnight. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. has completely lost all of his mojo. He is truly Austin Powers. It's just all gone. He's searching for it, baby. It's gone. I, I, whether he gets it back or not, and this ends up being a happy story, who knows? But at this point, you just, you have, when Vladimir Guerrero Jr. comes to the plate, you do not feel any level of confidence. You do not feel like, oh, wow, okay, this is now, hey, everybody pay attention. It's Vladdy. It's just not, it's not a thing that happens anymore. And so, yeah, I'm just, I'm incredibly frustrated. They're three and a half games out. You know, I, they've got that series against the Rangers coming up, maybe. Sure. But now without Boba for the next 10 days, you, you look at the infield and... I didn't think that the Blue Jays in a World Series aspiration season were going to field Santiago Espinal, Davis Schneider, and Ernie Clement as their infield. I, I just, I, I didn't have that on my bingo card, John Schneider. I didn't have that on my bingo card. That's a bingo card that you can submit and say, I didn't know this would be here. And it is. It's just astounding stuff right now from this team. They are painful. Like it is truly a painful, painful, painful watch. It's a death march and you can feel it. I just, I, I'm at a loss for words at this point with this team. I was talking to a friend yesterday about when was the last time, and we, we used this term a lot for the Raptors last year, the term joyless. Of oh. Just they're not, you can understand that even really good baseball seasons are going to have ebbs and flows where you're disappointed for a bit or they're frustrating to watch. But there have been no real points this year where with any sustained stretch, they're, this team is having fun or they're fun to watch. David Schneider is it, right? Yeah. Like he's like, obviously it's great. Kikuchi's been better. Barrios has been really good and things yeah. like that. But I, the only Barrios when the money's down and it's just old Barrios has reappeared. I, I just want to say that I, I never bought it. It's just like there hasn't been a time this year other than the Davis Schneider Fenway weekend yeah. where this team's felt really fun. There's also and guess what? A lot of people didn't watch that series because it was on a weekend and it was coming off of an absolutely grueling stretch for them. Yeah. So people went, I need a break from this team. And then they were nasty for one weekend in Boston. So they haven't been fun at any point for any sustained stretch. And again, 
all teams are frustrating, even teams that win the World Series. Sure. But there hasn't been one stretch this season. You know what other, What else every World Series team has at some point? A two-week stretch where they look like the best team in yeah. baseball. Well, That's good. it. Yeah. A week or two. Yeah. The Jays have one winning streak of five games or more. They did that. Every single season from 2017 to 2020, when they were bad, they did that four times each of the last couple of years. You go back to 2015, the second half of the season was nothing but rolling five-game winning streaks. I, I'm really at a loss for the last time a Jays team w- lacked being fun day-to-day no. and week-to-week. I think you have to go back 2017. to 2013. Oh, no, I was going to say the 2017 but, but 2017 team when they were just like, hey, we're punting. And and I think at least with that one, though, you knew you were just paying the freight off of going yeah. all in for 2015 and 2016. 2013 was the, hey, we went all in with a couple of big trades and we won 70 games. Yeah, 2017 was just a little frustrating to me because they tried to keep the air of competitiveness where they went, oh, no, we're not going to keep Edwin because we want Kendrys Morales. And... Yeah. People went, I'll never forget, there was, I I think it was actually an MLB.com article talking about his hard hit rate, all this different stuff, and how he was the unluckiest hitter in baseball. Oh, if you bring up those Vlad leaderboards right now yeah. of expected no, WOBA versus uh, actual WOBA no. and the biggest gaps in the stat cast era, Kendrick Morales is all over it. Yeah, that's that I mean. the guy you want to be compared to. Hey, so maybe actually Vladdy is, that's his comparable, is he's new Kendrys, he just didn't get hurt, where Kendrick Morales was an MVP candidate and then shattered his leg celebrating a home run. And then was never the same guy. It's a cool way to go out. Maybe Vladdy just was, I was an MVP candidate, but then I just stopped being that entirely. I just, you know where well, he ranks among first basemen right now in WRC plus or OPS 21st? plus? 21st. 21st. And he's 33rd in wins above replacement among yeah. first basemen. Yeah. 33rd. There are only yeah. 30 teams in baseball. Yeah. No, that's good. That's really good. That's really good stuff. I love people going, it's not a disappointing season. He's a very good player. He's uh, His OPS plus, he's 16% better than the average baseball. This guy was not supposed to ever be compared to an average baseball player. He'd be having a really good offensive season if he played shortstop. Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> yeah, it would be very good. If he was a catcher, uh, it would be great. If he was the catcher, I would be thrilled with his production this year. Anyway, I just, yeah, dude, I think the way that you summarized it, joyless, I never thought that there would be a team more painful than the Raptors, you know? And the Raptors didn't have championship expectations. And the Raptors were a huge piss off because of the deadline and the way that Masai mm-hmm. Ujiri explained it and the Pirtle trade. And, and they now, played an ugly style yeah, of yeah, basketball. Yeah. Yeah. And, they were ugly too. But this yeah. Blue Jays team, just in terms of the expectation of this group coming into the year, the energy around this fan base, the hunger for a winner, the feeling of, hey, 2015 was awesome. 2016 was great, even though the regular season at the end was a bit tough. But we want to see a winner here again. We want to see a championship caliber team here again. And this was the, don't worry, we're going to get the finishing touches on this roster offseason. And they have no personality. There is, like you said, there's no joy in watching the baseball team. There are some fun bounce back candidates as pitchers. And it's great because they've got this bullpen now that they built finally. Number two where, ERA in baseball yeah, is a pitching staff, yeah. starters and relievers together. And that's no, the uh, another big... And that's another big piss off is that they are going to squander one of the best pitching seasons we'll ever see for this organization. No, it's infuriating and it's just difficult. And yeah, it's, it's gotten to the point now where, yeah, I just, I don't know how you justify being an optimist at this point. I don't know how you justify looking at this and saying, don't worry, finish this series strong. And then you get to Texas. It just, at this point, the pessimists, I feel like you win. The, the, the optimist take, and this is reaching, would yeah. be, well, you've got a couple more last place teams ahead while Chapman and Bo are down, and then you'll get them back for the Texas series, and three and a half games can swing quickly. Yeah, it's... Uh, 500 in August, man. Yeah. And you know what? Really, like, since the beginning of the season, that's who they've been. Also, like, if they get down in a single... Even in Coors Field, are you trusting this team to come back? I, I tweeted out last night, no. 
it was sports that stats tweeted something out and I went back through the box scores. I found it the last time this team came back from down three runs and I'm talking, you could get down three, nothing in the first inning. Mm-hmm. I don't care when you're down three, the game right before the all-star break where they mm-hmm. had to make that comeback against the tigers to save a series yep. victory against the tigers. Yep. That was almost two whole months ago. That's the last time they got behind three and were able to come back. <sighs> and they've been behind three a fair number of times. It just, it just feels so discombobulated and it's so hard to look at anything and say, this is great. And, and the Bobochet injury, I don't want to hear it. The Jays were so healthy all season long. It's, it's unfortunate timing. And you do wonder if maybe Bo came back a little too soon. Yeah. They keep saying that it's not related. Uh, if yeah. you come back quicker yeah. than expected from a knee thing and your quad starts barking. Yeah. I don't know. I'm going to draw a line. I'm not a sports scientist, <laughs> but that to me is a pretty clear direction yeah. of causation there. I, I, I'm just looking at it right now going, okay, so you've got Vlad Jr. who was supposed to be the face of your franchise and you don't know what he is at this point. You don't even know if he's an average first baseman. That's where we're at. You've got Alec Manoa who they keep saying, oh yeah, we're on the same page. It sure doesn't seem from the outside like they're on the same page with a guy who was Cy Young candidate for them a year ago. It's great seeing. Still not listed as a probable pitcher yeah, for Buffalo yeah. at any could, point, by the could, way. Uh, thrilled with Kikuchi's bounce back season, Barrios's bounce back season, what they've gotten from Gossman this year, all those things, a pitching ERA, great. The most important pitcher to this organization was Alec Manoa moving forward. And yeah, he's not with the team and he's just here in Toronto doing God knows what, but apparently it's fine. Apparently he's in, he's physically in Buffalo now, but still not listed as a probable or anything like that. You've got John Schneider, who it looks like they handed the car keys over at the wrong time to, um, I defended him. I thought that he should be back as manager unless they could have got Terry Francona. I would think I was wrong on that. I think that he has been a negative wins of replacement manager this season. I don't think that he's been great at his job. I don't think that you can really point to anybody that's in that dugout and say, you've done a great job this year. It's just, it's been a very, very tough year. You've had Varsho, this big trade candidate who has not worked out basically at all at the dish. The defense is phenomenal. Yes, yes, yes. He's a gamer. Everybody likes him. He's not someone that you would have wanted to trade your top prospect for and another guy that hit really well this year. Just he's on fire right now too, Moreno. Yeah, of course. Moreno. Ugh. Yeah. And because you had to keep Alejandro Kirk, who's also been a tire fire this year. Probably the most, I would say, underrated of the disappointing Blue Jays this season is a guy who they thought was going to be a special bat, uh, DH, and he just never found it. Anyways, He I, became a defense first catcher somehow. It's, yeah, that was it. People are like, oh, look at the strides he's made defensively. I'm like, why do I care about this? Why, I mean, why? it's not nothing. It matters, but it's completely not what no. they expected and not what they had game planned for. It's not what I wanted from Alejandro Kirk. I wanted a, yeah a special talent at the dish, a guy who we all thought would maybe not even be a catcher in a couple of years and would just end up pivoting into being a DH role, who is, again, a nightmare on the base pass, as we saw again last night. Anyway, yeah, unbelievably believable, this baseball team. And, yeah, I I feel bad for all the people that have gone to all these home games this year and have just watched this offense perform that way, where a home run felt so rare. I watched David Schneider hit that bomb last night and went, oh, my God, Uh, wow, wow, (laughs) a home run in front of my very eyes. What a sight to behold. So, yeah, ballpark renovations, great. Crowd, great. Everything else, massive disappointment for this season. Um, All right, not a massive disappointment. Let's move over to Canada basketball because this has been really fun. This has been great. I feel a little offended that, you know, I I am half Latvian and the amount You're only half Latvian after yesterday? I was always half Latvian. I was getting texts to the effect that you were full Latvian. I am. My dad's side is Latvian. My mom's side 
basically found at Thunder Bay. We're as Canadian as gets. Um, I was hurt by the amount of people that thought my allegiances were torn. Where I stand with the Latvia game is the same with hockey. Give them a tough out. Have them have Canada go to the podium when it's done and say, "Those are some those are some tough dudes." They, those, they made us work for those, it. Those those guys were tough. That was <laughs> a, when the tournament ends and Canada gets the gold medals around their necks. They go, "We really found ourselves in the Latvia game. We knew we had to dig deep against those guys. They were just so gritty. I've never seen Davis Bertans play that hard in my entire life. <laughs> I didn't know that he was that guy. I didn't know that he had that dog in him. This is one of my favorite things about FIBA basketball. Is all of a sudden guys like Evan Fournier, where you say. I've never once looked at Evan Fournier and been like, that's a dog. Dennis Schroeder and is like it, one yeah. of the best players in the world in but, the FIBA environment. But Schroeder is a dog. Schroeder, Schroeder but is a dog. But he's like a 30, yeah. 35. Ronde Hollis-Jefferson is yeah. getting Kobe yeah. comparisons playing for Jordan. Totally. FIBA rocks for this stuff. Hollis-Jefferson's the second highest scorer yeah. in this We're going to see so Bruno far. on Friday. He was bad this morning. Yeah. But FIBA Bruno is wow. like a legitimate Blake, problem. Blake Murphy Bruno <laughs> stock is all the way back. Wait for it Friday. How does Canada keep him off the boards? Dude, uh, how does Canada keep Bruno off the <laughs> Bars. blow really hard blow really hard in his direction you know what you know what the actual answer though is yeah. have dylan brooks trash talking in his ear the entire time i have like, i know brooks. i know people in mississauga and yeah. and you spent three years there and i've got every piece of trash talk that yeah. i need because i'm dylan brooks so i'm gonna start with this okay given the time of day that these games have been played and given the nature of the tournament how much do you think that this is resonating with just like beyond our Twitter sphere, because to, to, uh, you and I were deeply embedded in people who love Canada basketball, people who love basketball. So they're taking note of this. Do you think that this has had any type of reach so far to the general sporting public, or is that something that comes with more tournament success later on? I think it has to snowball a little bit more still. This is, you know, the France victory being what it was is a great for all of us who are hardcore in it. You can exhale because that's the game that usually Canada that's the game where Canada's like, ah, oh, come back down to earth. The shoe is actually going to drop first, and then we'll play okay the rest of the tournament. That was a pretty big one in terms of, no, they're for real, and, and you know, a huge problem with Canada basketball major international tournaments in the past has been starting really slow because they didn't have the budget or the timeline commitment to play a bunch of tune-up games, and this year they footed the bill and they went to Germany and played Germany, who was very, very good in this tournament a couple of times. They went to Spain and played Spain. Obviously, Spain is Spain for basketball. Uh, so far, it, they played against the Dominican Republic, who have been really good in this tournament. Tournament. Um, so they, you know, they've they've tried to check that box and they started this tournament really strong. I think for us hardcores, that was a big exhale. Um, I've certainly seen the volume of like people tweeting at me about it, friends texting mm -hmm. me about it increasing. Um, but I think until you get to, you know, like no, no disrespect to Latvia, who gave them a, a tough three yeah, quarters and were down <laughs> Christoph Porzingis yeah. and Dyrus Bertans, yeah. uh, their captain. So so to do that down you know, two of your three best players is big, um, but no one's really getting up for Canada-Lebanon at 5.45 in the morning, no, 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 right? No, like that, that was a complete write-off. This is about two games. So, and even though for, for those who are looking ahead to Olympic qualification, Friday's game against Brazil, which is 9.30 a.m., so you get the, by benefit of being the one seed coming out of this, you get the 9.30 a.m. game Friday, Sunday, which is nice, no mm -hmm. 5.45 a.m., yep. but Canada beating Brazil 
is unless they run into the Dominican Republic in the knockout stage, this is going to be the biggest Canada controls their own fate in terms of getting another America's team out of here yeah. for the Olympics. It's a big game. But I think Canada-Spain on Sunday is going to be the one where if Canada's still undefeated, that's the chance to enter the quarterfinals as the overall one seed. Um, that it, It's a big one. I think it'll continue to swell like that, um, you know, as to general interest, we'll see. The The quarterfinals are going to take place at like 7, 7.30 in the morning on weekdays. I don't know that people will get entirely on board. I, I don't know other people's viewing habits who have real jobs, but they should be because this is, you know, they're delivering so far as best they can. Like they're going to exit round one with by far the best point differential of, yep. of anyone in the field. Uh, they're going to be a favorite to come out of it. They're the number two betting favorite after the U S like this is not a Canada media and Canada basketball hyping up the team. Everyone's money is where their mouth is internationally and things like that. So um, whether people are getting behind it or not, they should be at least, you know, I think people understand on social media and things like that. Like there are lots of Shea highlights going around RJ highlights, Dylan highlights that part of it's cool, but yeah, get in now because these next couple games are, are really, really important. And yeah, I mean, Friday, it, it, I know that some people view the World Cup as a glorified Olympic qualifier. It's not that. The World Cup is a better and harder tournament um, to win, and it counts for more in your FIBA ranking and stuff like that. But if you are Olympic-minded, Friday's game is huge. Massive. Getting getting yeah. out of the second round is huge because for anyone who doesn't know, you have to be one of the top two teams from the Americas mm -hmm. to qualify for the Olympics. So if you are, you know, doom and gloom, U.S. is going to win. Canada can't possibly beat them. Well, you have to be the next best team out of the Americas. And if Puerto Rico hangs on here against China, they're going to be five America's teams that made this next round. Yeah. That means if you can do your own job knocking out Brazil on Friday, it's huge. For mm -hmm. Olympic qualification, it is probably the second biggest game Canada will play in this yeah. event. Since Steve Nash and Team Canada 2000. Beat, yeah, beat Australia at the Olympics, it's been a story of pain, Canada basketball. It's been a story of guys not showing up, and even when guys did show up, it's been a story of heartbreak mm -hmm. for them. Um, for those of us that have been watching this, getting excited for the likes of, like, Denim Brown or Mike Cabongo changing Canada's program, right? And it just, it's been tough. It's been a long, rocky road watching the Andrew Wiggins saga, going from Maple Jordan as someone who's supposed to change the program to a guy that showed up at a big tournament. That 2015 yeah. summer is still, like, that. that's... Yeah. The 2015 summer and then 2016 last chance Olympic qualifier, whatever. You drew into a pool with France. The tournament was in the Philippines. You never really had a chance. But then you get sure. to the 2019 World Cup was supposed to be the one where everyone shows yep. up. And then only a couple NBA guys go. You go and you perform very, very poorly I mean. in the World Cup. And then, you know, even the, hey, we're going to host. We're going to pay and finally put the money there to host this Olympic yep. qualifier. So we'll have the advantage. COVID happens. You still do the tournament, but you don't do any tune-up games. Nope. And it's one loss and you're done. And they lose in heartbreaking fashion. This is like, I don't. This is the first time it feels like, holy crap something might be happening. You here. have to go back to the 1994 yeah. World Cup for yeah. the last time that Canada looked this good mm -hmm. on the international stage. They came seventh in the 2000 Summer Olympics. That's probably the high water mark. Yeah, yeah. Uh, unless you go back to like back when only eight countries yeah, yeah, played yeah. basketball and stuff like that. that. No the 2000 Olympics is the high water mark, yeah. but like they have not done this in the World Cup in a really, really long time since they hosted yeah. it in 94. Basically, I'm trying to remain a little guarded, Blake, because... Of course, of, you have to. because yeah. and, and this tournament format, yeah. you don't get a mistake. Yeah, that's it. So I'm still a little guarded, and that's what I think will be the true breakthrough moment. Why I brought it up is I think this is all well and good, and the France game was a big one because the first half against France, they looked pretty lackluster for mm -hmm. a lot of it. 
And really that Rudy Gobert foul really changed the game. Actually is like him taking that, uh, shocker that in a playoff style yeah. format, Rudy Gobert did something dumb and it swung the game. Could you imagine watching Rudy Gobert in France be like a negative? Can you imagine first trading team every five single, first that's, round that's picks for I mean, Rudy Gobert? Just sitting there and you're a Minnesota Timberwolves fan and you're trying to, you're watching the U.S. team and you're all excited watching Anthony Edwards. You're going, my God, maybe he's going to take a step this year. And then there's just that seven foot four anchor of a yeah. trade. That's just the millstone around his neck. Like, no, that's yeah. not a. You're you're in your Nas Reed jersey no. being like, no, he should actually no, yeah. start over Rudy Gobert, <laughs> the guy we traded five first round picks for. But I think that once, if they can qualify, if they can get this thing done or that game where it will be, if they win this, they qualify. Mm-hmm. That will be a moment. That will be a moment for this program, and that's when I think things are going to be a pretty big breakthrough for them. And here's the other thing, too. So, like, obviously, the minimum, I think, if you are trying to qualify and you are gauging this on a success, put the history aside. What would be a success for this team? you got to at least yeah. make the quarterfinals. Canada, 100%. so for anyone who doesn't know, that Canada will now enter a crossover group. They'll play Brazil on Friday, Spain on Sunday, and the top two out of that group, Canada, Latvia, Uh, Brazil, Spain, Mm -hmm. will move on to the quarterfinals. Canada probably only has to win one of those games because their point Mm -hmm. differential is so high, uh, but they beat Spain in an exhibition game. You know, like Spain is a beatable team, even though we we consider Spain a a top program. This this is what's so fun is that you get to play France, you get to play Spain, and these programs that have been international powerhouses, all of a sudden you feel like Canada's on their level and that Canada could potentially embarrass these guys. Yeah. The way they play perimeter defense, watching Shea Gilgis-Alexander perform the way that he does. Uh, Having the best player on the court yeah. is, a, I mean, really look, good. I love all the depth and all the guys who've stepped up for Canada sure. over the years, but there's a reason 2000 Summer Olympics, yeah. Canada was one of the best teams we've ever seen this country put out there. It's because Steve Nash was the best player on the floor yeah. a lot of the time. Dude, honestly, Shea has been so good. And it's funny because he's actually had halves where, like against France, where you went, man, what's what's happening here? Why is this Even not... against Latvia, he did that yeah, a little bit. It was like bit. first half, it was just like yeah. a little sleepy. And... But then when he starts to turn it on and starts to dominate the game, you go, oh my God, this guy is truly special. It makes me actually dream on what the possibility would be if it was a Jamal Murray-Shea backcourt. And how, yeah, uh, at the Olympics, if they get there... The States is going to put together a far more competitive team. A lot of these groups are going to be more complete. But Shea is now on that level, and Jamal Murray is now on that level, where you would look at that backcourt and say, you're not going to be better than it. No. Like, you're not going to have a better backcourt than that. What? What's the States going to feel that's a better backcourt than that? The MVP alone is Uh not... We can't just use MVP voting as who is the best player in the world, but let's use it as a proxy. Mm -hmm. Uh, We don't know that... Nikola Jokic is going to qualify. We don't know that Giannis is going to qualify. We mm-hmm. still don't know what team Joel Embiid would intend to play for if he mm-hmm. if he did suit up. Or if he would even be healthy enough to play. He's and then the question. only other guy who finished higher than Shea in MVP voting was Jason Tatum, who will mm-hmm. probably be there for the U.S., yeah, but this version of, you know, there are certainly times where Shea looks like a better player than Jason Tatum, yeah. and there are times where Tatum looks better too, to be fair, but yeah. like that is what you could be looking at where, okay, in this World Cup right now, Doncic is the one guy who could probably say, I'm a better player than Shea, and that's maybe it. Yeah, I was actually thinking Ronde about Hall this. Jefferson? I was thinking about this though. If I was starting a franchise and you sat me down and said, hey, we, we have to pick between Luca and Shea, you would have a long talk about it. Yeah. You would have a long... I think you'd still land on Luca, but it's yeah. it's closer than you would have thought a, a year ago. I, yeah. I'm just saying that, yes, and Luca is unbelievably talented. He's special. He's I think he led the NBA last year in unassisted baskets. Like, he's just... He can create mm-hmm. for himself. Like, 
nobody else right now, I think, in the league. Um, but Shea is close. When you're watching Shea at his very peak, that's the thing that really hits you watching this tournament is he's not only the best player on the floor, he's just so notably better than all the other NBA players on his team. And what you're watching is a guy who is entering his prime as a, as someone who is probably going to be an MVP candidate for the next, I don't know, four or five years. I mean, he was the first Canadian, the only Canadian ever other yeah. than Steve Nash to get MVP votes. Yeah. Like that's, that's the level of no Canadian has ever been this good that we're talking about. So he's the big winner from the, like the Canadian standpoint, there's no question. Shea is the big winner. It's just, he's, he's clearly established yeah. himself as the alpha. He's clearly established himself to, I think a, maybe a bit of a different Canadian audience. Who's not watching Oklahoma city thunder games as holy crap. That's our guy. That's what you guys were talking about. Okay. Yeah, no, that's special. Who's been your second biggest winner to Shea so far for Team Canada? Um, I mean, this is one that everyone who's watched Canada basketball since 2008 understands. But for a more general audience, any chance Kelly Olynyk gets to remind people that FIBA I Kelly Olynyk is on a different level. Like That's his, what I'm saying. His FIBA defense dog. plays letter he, better yeah. here given the rules around physicality and the no cylinder interference and things like that. His... Playmaking, obviously Shea is a point guard, but they run, I would say, when they're on the floor together, like 40% of the sets run through Kelly Olynyk, and I think he's averaging like four assists a game. Um, he He's passing and just the ability to dribble drive from, from the kind of high mid-range lets them play him and Powell together where – you know, you would think maybe that's a spacing problem given that they also start uh, RJ and Dylan Brooks. So mm-hmm. I think, you know, Olenek's been doing this at the international level for a long time, but the awareness of just how good FIBO Olenek is, is kind of the second thing. And then I would say as a sub one, like I think people should, I didn't really get out on it, but like people should still be in on Nikhil Alexander Walker. Like he's, okay. he's that's a dude. Yeah. He's all right. Yeah. No, Nikhil is a player. Yeah. I, but like people got real out on him by the end of this last season because he, he keeps falling out of NBA rotations and he's yeah. been, he's bounced around teams a little bit. See, to me, this is where I look at FIBA and say, you're a good FIBA player. You, you fit really well. You're a good role guy. You can knock down a shot. You, you fit in with the style of the team in terms of the yeah. perimeter defense. I, I don't know if I'm buying NBA stock on him necessarily. Same, but with Kelly, you you got to remember this is a guy who continuously has showed up for Team Canada. Oh yeah, he has been a guy a, who got hurt in 2015. 20, I thought it was 2019. Oh, 2019. Yeah, 2019. He, he got yeah. hurt and he hurt his foot. 2015 he, was the everyone was slipping on the floor. Yeah. The floor. Yes. Stuff. 2015. Everyone hated him because he tried to bring the ball up and he fell down. And yes. it was the turnover from Kelly trying to play point guard. And then yeah, the one in Toronto was where he hurt his kneecap yes. and, and missed the chunk and of the offseason and had to yeah pull himself out of the tournament. He just, he shows up for Canada. He's a dog at the tournament. He's someone where you feel extremely confident when the ball is in his hands, no matter where he is, whether mm-hmm. that's going to be for a shot, whether that's going to be uh, making plays, passing, cutting, just a smart. No, nobody finds baseline cutters like Dude, Kelly Olynyk. I love and... watching Kelly Olynyk in this tournament. It's truly, truly phenomenal. The, the guy that, so I've got two other guys that I want to have a conversation about with this team and they're my... Can Dylan Brooks ever be a win? Can, will Canada ever fully embrace and love Dylan Brooks? Yeah, I, I think this tournament could rehab his image to where he... I don't obviously, think he, he crossed the line too much this past NBA season. Yeah. But I think, A, a part of that, and it was misguided, but I do think at times he was trying to take the conversation off of John Morant in, on that Grizzlies team, and, they, and the organization scapegoated him. Wow. He, went, he went too far, but I think he 
got scapegoated in a way that, I like that this wasn't fair. By the way, this is a great PR spin for him. If he's going to be a wrestling villain, yeah. I'm going to be yours? his Paul Heyman. I'm going to be his man. Yeah, I think I think part of it, and I never talked to Dylan or any of his yeah. people about this, but knowing the type of person and teammate, I think that he, and again, misguided, but mm. probably thought at times, if I can put the attention on me and it takes the attention off John his first five games back, or there's another gun-toting Instagram in- incident, let's shift the conversation. And then obviously at the end of the year, the Grizzlies scapegoated him leaking. We're not going to re-sign him under any circumstances. <laughs> um, but the other thing is, I, I, have I, one I, problem don't, with I don't think he'll get back to everyone loves him status, but I think he could get back to that tier of, I hate him on another team, but man, if he was on your team, you'd you'd go to bat for him. Here's why I just don't see it. And here's the only fly in the ointment for your theory. Nobody was talking about John Morant when he was playing LeBron James in the playoffs and decided to go at LeBron and then was quoted saying something along the lines of, I'm not going to run away from the smoke. And then after they lost, ran. And, And that's the thing about being a heel is, and if you're going to talk, you have to stand up and eat it when you fail. Yeah. And like and I said, it was, it was misguided. And the, the not talking at the end, probably that, that hurt him more than anything. Yeah. I don't, I don't even care that he talked trash about LeBron James and yeah. got embarrassed it's on just the court. What, what you have to do in that yeah. spot is stand up there and, and be like, and eat it. Yep. And you just have to stand there and he, at least see the reporters. My, he busted he, us. He busted my ass. Yeah. It was uh, a tough loss for us. We're going to go back and learn. And for him to say, I'm still not afraid of him. I'm going to get better and I'm going to come back at him next year and I'm never going to stop. Yeah. And now it just, I got to tell you, he's got big Ruben Patterson vibes <laughs> with I'm the Kobe stopper and then Kobe ends your career essentially and you kind of just float the earth as... Isn't that the guy who said the thing? I mean, PJ Tucker still get money. He was the LeBron stopper for a little. <sighs> Tamari Carroll was the LeBron stopper. These guys I mean. get paid. No, he's going to get paid. Yeah. He already did get paid. The yeah. Rockets gave him a huge bag of money. I yeah. just, I'm not sure that's something you can come back from when you play the way that Dylan Brooks plays and you talk the way that Dylan Brooks talks. Which and is fair so, because, and especially like, you know, he's still in the Western Conference, but the Rockets aren't going to be competitive yet. Yeah. So he's never going to get that moment again with LeBron. Yeah. It would have to be the next guy as the Rockets yeah. are coming up. And yeah, you probably just, can't, you he, probably can't wash that off. Honestly, your your best chance to wash it off is probably the Olympics. That's it. That's what I'm saying is, can he be someone that this country gets behind? Or is it just a thing where you go, hey, listen, he's playing great for us, but yeah, we don't love him either. The other thing is he's he's shot really well in this tournament so far, yeah. and that could that could turn on a dime uh, given his streakiness, but yeah, it's just, I, he's been real good so far. I will, I want, I loved Dylan Brooks. When he was in Toronto, I think I was texting you going, this is actually the kind of guy Toronto needs because he was dogging the Raptors for the Memphis Grizzlies home game this year. Yep. They, they've needed them. a guy like yeah. that for the last couple he of years. He killed them. I didn't mind the Draymond stuff at all. I thought Draymond won a 10-8 in terms of the way that they were going at each other in the media. And mm-hmm. yeah, Dylan Brooks having the regular season game where they won, but he scored like 12 points on a million shots. It didn't do much for Dylan, but at least he was still talking. Draymond kept going at him. He didn't stop talking. He got in his face. He did that thing. LeBron seemed to humble him in a way, and he seemed to take some type of heat where I don't know why he thought stepping away from the limelight was going to be good for him in any type of way. Um, Maybe it was because he thought free agency or who got, who knows? But it just, it's hard for me in this moment to think that he'll be able to move off of that, even in this country with international success, just given how, it's just again it's 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 hard to be the guy who's all bark no bite and 
That's well, you do it one nibble at a time, JD. Yeah. And you do a little nibble against Bruno on Friday. It just hurts because I really yeah. did love him, and I hated that I loved him because I hate the Oregon Ducks. Mm. And I bought in, and I went, you know what? I'm rooting for the Ducks. It was him and Boucher, and they made a deep run. And I went, I like this team, and I really like yeah. Dylan Brooks. And I was mad that they had he Dylan Ennis too, right? So they're yeah, third and, Canadian. Yeah. And I was, I thought, man, why is he slipping in the draft? And they did the whole tweener thing to him. And I went, here's the thing I know about him: he can play, mm. and he cares. And he plays hard. Give me the guy who has good college production, who's a little short, but who can knock down a shot and plays with that kind of attitude and carried his team that deep in the tournament. And still, now I just, I find myself torn every time I watch it. Here's the other guy. Last one before you go. Did the Raptors pick the wrong coach? Mm. Well, so this is an unanswerable until we see Darko a little bit. All we know about him right now is he loves coffee and likes to steal from the Knicks, allegedly. He (laughs) loves stealing from the Knicks and coffee. Uh, I will say, first quarter, end of first quarter, when they put the camera in the huddle and Jordy Jordy Fernandez, the the coach of Canada, is telling the team that quarter, basically, what was that? Like, do you want to finish first in this pool? And he's dropping F-bombs and stuff like that. And look, I... So you'll roll your eyes at this, but like I talked to Jordy a couple times when he was a G League coach. Mm-hmm. Talked to him once at summer league. There was some. There was some. Pardon? Where, where's the? Is there a because role, is well, me later? me talking about someone in the G League? No, I love that you. <laughs> yeah, like he, he coached Cleveland's G League team for for a little bit, and then you know he was the Kings summer league coach one year, and um, there there were all these great videos about like his pump up chats that he would mm-hmm. give this team and stuff like that. And uh, first, I like that he he sprinkles in the the right amount of swearing. You know, you you got to have the the sensor button ready if you're one of the social media people. But I, I think, and, and part of why I thought he would, and again, I haven't gotten to know Darko very well yet, so um, maybe he's the same. But a, a reason I thought Jordy Fernandez was a, a real candidate for the Raptors was he seems to speak Masai's language mm-hmm. from a passion and how do I motivate people standpoint. Mm-hmm. He checks some of the same boxes that. JAMA checks. Now, JAMA is the hyper-positivity type, but the same kind of how do I inspire people to go out there and bust ass? And I think we've seen that for Canada a little bit. We've seen it. I mean, they were just exhibition games, but they came back from a huge first-half deficit against Germany in Germany with Germany FIBA refs. Mm -hmm. They beat Germany in the second meeting. They came back against Spain and beat them in Spain with Spanish refs. Like, these are... They're tune-up games, yep. but they're road games in, like, the Spain and Germany arenas were full for those games. Those are hard environments to win in, and he had those guys, you know, you'd prefer not to get down big early, sure. Mm-hmm. But he had those guys fighting back and making adjustments live during the game, and, um, yeah, some of it is Shea takes over, but some of it is also he seems to be really pressing the right buttons, and yeah. I haven't I haven't had much. I mean, we'll see when Lou Dort mixes back in here. He's missed the last two games, so mm-hmm. his hands have been a little handcuffed in terms of rotations anyway. Curious to see how deep he goes. You know, if they're tight with Brazil in the second half, is he still going eight, nine guys? Is, is he tightening up? Whatever. But he seems to be pressing the right buttons motivationally, rotation-wise, adjustment-wise. He looks good. I'm trying not to get too far ahead of myself. I had the same thing with John Herdman. I'm going to talk to Sid Sixero about John Herdman. Uh, I got really enamored by John. By John. (laughs) And it was international stuff. And you can get really starry-eyed, especially as a program starts to take off. And yes, of course, I'm being a little over the top with did the Raptors make the wrong choice here. But those were the two guys that were basically... 
by in my understanding the, the finalists and Scariolo from yeah. what we understand right. and Scariolo and but for I don't I just it really did feel like they needed a stronger departure than from just going to Scariolo. Also, I think it yeah. made sense to go younger anyway. Yeah, like, I, exactly. I love Sergio yeah. Scariolo, but and, and Jordi Fernandez, by the way, was like brought up under Sergio yeah. Scariolo yeah. in the in the he referred to him as his FIBA dad. Yeah, I just I look at this guy and I here's what I love with young coaches. Are you extremely assertive and do you have an attitude and passion? Check, check, check for all those reasons that you said. Do you get the most out of your players? So far, check, 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 check. I know Canada basketball is playing for pride and they're not just playing for Jordy Fernandez, but the way that they've been digging in on defense on the perimeter and the way that they've just played strong defense. You're getting NBA guys to lock in defensively against Lebanon with a 40-point lead. Like, RJ took a charge up 40 against Lebanon. Now, I think we 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 could all say you shouldn't do that, but that's a level of buy-in that goes beyond just, hey, we're playing for Canada in the World Cup. That's an attitude that has to permeate the team over the course of this like month lead up to this. When he was delivering that speech that you're talking about, there's nobody looking away from the huddle. Everyone is dialed into the coach. And it just, he looks like a guy who, and he, this isn't even just a looks like guy. He's somebody who has now had some pretty strong buzz for over a year now in the NBA. And if you were just asking me right now, Whose stock is higher, Darko or Jordy, in terms of if you could just pick one of the two for any type of franchise without knowing all the stuff that the Raptors know? Yeah, Jordy's stock is, it, it feels pretty high right now. He just, he looks like it. He looks like a guy, a, a real NBA coach who is going to have a big time future. And so I've just, I've been in, incredibly impressed by him. And yeah, I, it just, it crossed my mind when I was watching that exact thing that you referenced where I went. And, and oh, look, J- really like J- Jamal's not playing. Obviously the Jordy Fernandez relationship didn't yeah. nudge Jamal in the playing direction, but like everything we'd heard when Canada made the switch was like, no, Jamal went to bat for this guy yeah. after years in Denver. And yeah. he's in Sacramento as an assistant, the year Sacramento dramatically overperforms. He was in Denver as an assistant all along the run up. Mm. He's helped coach Nigeria under Mike Brown when they kind of yeah. surprised at the last Olympics, Spain under Scariolo all through that kind of the, the tail end of the Gasols and Rubio era. Like this guy has experience in winning situations under really good head coaches. Anyway, I'm really impressed by him so far. And if you want joy, you know, joy watching sports. I would say you're at work, record it, get Sportsnet now. Don't do your job. <laughs> Just <laughs> Listen to Jay's Talk Plus yeah. where during mm. the Canada games, I've basically been, I've gotten uh, tweets from people being like, "We your show's on TV, but we could see you reacting yeah. to basketball, basketball while you're talking about baseball. They yeah. can see yeah. in your eyes the reflection. I think someone said I threw up the three one time with a big three. Yeah. At one I, can I can't, uh, I can't help it. I am who I am. I, I'm very excited to watch this team take their next steps. I think they're going to do it. I'm remaining slightly cautiously optimistic just because, yes, I have been burned before. And it's the tournament format, right? Like yeah. like one loss can dramatically change things, and sure. Brazil and Spain are solid teams. But it's just the, the things that I feel pretty solid about, one, Canada has a bona fide superstar on their roster who they're not going to run into a team until they face the United States with a player that you can argue is better. Um, their coach is phenomenal. They play as good a perimeter defense as I think that you can play in a tournament that's so much about shooting. 
they can just throw so many different looks at you where they scare the crap out of you. I thought Canada was going to actually be, I was like, mm, maybe they're not going to be able to protect the rim. That's not been a problem. Barrett looks good. Shea looks good. Kelly looks good. Just go through the roster. Who is disappointed? And I would say no one to this point. It's really been full marks for Canada basketball. So do yourself a favor. Amidst all the pain of the Blue Jays and watching every other team like the Astros and the Mariners and the Rangers take care of business, although the Rangers is on, but and watching the Blue Jays just fail you and not come through in any moment of any significance. Oh, by the way, I got to go talk about that for two hours. Yeah, good luck with that. Enjoy that. Enjoy breaking down. Um, I can't wait to actually listen to your show today and have you, one, talk about how John Schneider has actually done the pinch running thing in that situation before. And two is the the, the stats behind that, because I, I will be looking forward to hearing that. They're not going to make you feel good. No, they're not. Well, I don't. Guess what? I can't feel worse. <laughs> I truly cannot feel worse about the Toronto Blue Jays right now. I think I might I have some stats in the show today that make you feel even worse. Great, fun time. So yeah, Jays talk plus later today. Who do you have? Uh, Keegan, Ben Wagner, uh, Ben Clemens of Fangraphs, Lovely. and uh, Mitchell Hooper, world's strongest man, who threw out the first pitch the other day. Uh, he's a big sports fan and just like a Canadian guy who's won a bunch of strongman competitions. Should so. have been like, if you're so strong, why don't you crush the baseball? That would have been the ultimate move. Yeah, well, I'll ask him about it. Yeah, you why, should have. How, how careful do you have to be feathering the ball so no. that it doesn't just explode in the your hand? The move should have been that he crushed the baseball and then threw the just the scraps. the scraps of baseball towards home plate. That would have been iconic. Yeah. Anyways, Blake Murphy, thanks for your time today, buddy. Uh, we'll take a quick break, come back, and we'll definitely do some pod today. Sportsnet 590. The fan. To close with some Jay's talk before we go to the podcast where we'll have more fun. That will be fun. That will brighten that will brighten my day. Nice. Is hearing the things that you guys want to talk about. Also, what will brighten my day is just football getting here. It's so close. It's mm-hmm. so, so close. It's next Thursday. Oh my goodness. <laughs> it's next Thursday. Football. Yeah. Football, baby. Yeah. We're back. We are so back. <laughs> I've got my keeper fantasy draft this weekend. Whew. Just the best time of year. Yeah. I've I've really done the research. You're prepared I, for this year. Yeah. And I know that I haven't done really any football, but it's mostly because I've been taking my holidays and the Jays have dominated my Mm-hmm. Jays have just they've taken up so much time for me. Yeah. I've had to do Jays. There's felt like massive Jays spots all the time. But I'm ready. I'm ready to pivot in a football. Football. And this has become a football show. <laughs> <laughs> this is quickly, quickly going to become a show. It's all about football. You're going to hear lots of awesome Maggie Tennessee Titans takes. Yeah, <laughs> I can't wait. Alabama too? What? what? Is that a, what? You coming from Alabama too? What, we're talking football? No, we're talking football. We're talking football. Real hard-nosed Football. I can't wait for Mackie's football takes. <laughs> yeah. Mackie's already got some football takes. I know, I'm right. going to have some other football takes later today. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to record with Sid. So we're going to talk about TFC and John Herdman and how he's feeling about his Buffalo Bills. I'm actually, you know, it's funny. I've done a Bills roller coaster. Mm. I was down on the Bills a little bit where I went, mm, feels like maybe the window's changing. Now I'm back up on the Bills. There's too much Jets hype. There's now percolating New England Patriots mm-hmm. sleeper cell hype. I don't, Dolphins hype is uh, hanging around. I don't, I don't like the Dolphins. They're secondary. Yeah. There is yeah. hype, though, from people. Uh, Dolphins, Dolphins fans always get mad. Yeah, that's true. But I don't even... It's like the Dolphins fans are weirdly like a loud one on Twitter. 
And my boy RK is a huge Dolphins fan. Mm-hmm. And so he's super defensive. But I just don't I just don't buy it. You're not buying it. Um, I am buying it. I don't think two is gonna stay healthy and I don't think Mike White is mm-hmm. a Super Bowl. I just I don't I don't like their defense. I certainly don't right. like their their corners with the injuries that they've had. Uh anyway. Just quick on the Jays, as if you didn't already know, with them being three and a half games out and it mm-hmm. being August 30th today, Yep, the end of summer, their playoff odds have dipped below 40%, according to fan graphs. So, and I know that these things kind of can be stupid at times, the whole playoff projection models, and I never really buy into them, but that's really where it feels like at this point. Can they get hot? Sure. Are they going to be able to have a stretch? Maybe their pitching can carry them and they can steal a bunch of games, which has basically been the MO. I just, it's, it's really difficult to believe that something's going to happen here when you're watching Ernie Clement get into a game. And when things like are, is McCoy going to get in to pinch run that these are, and belt is unavailable. It just, it's, it's getting harder and harder to believe. And frankly, I think that's been the difficulty of this entire season is it's been so frustrating, but people keep going, it's baseball, you got to believe in it. The pitching is good and this is a, and, and they keep telling you not to just listen to your eyes and your heart with this baseball team, which is they ain't it. Mm-hmm. Anyways, quick break. Let's come back. Let's do pot only. Fun stuff. Subscribe. Casino. All right. What's up, boys? I haven't seen you in a while. It's been a couple of days. In a couple of days. <laughs> Mackie, use your time productively. Who's counting? No, absolutely yeah, not. I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> no shot. Just shot it down immediately. Yeah. Joe, Jobo is in this contest for jersey editing. Oh, yeah. oh I've heard. Yeah, I know. I was going to say, if I get one more text from Jobo about his graphic design <laughs> jersey contest that he's in, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to block your number. <laughs> I, I'm, Joe is a You've great... You've been supportive of me so far. Yeah. Joe... You have to be, Joe. Joe, you're, tell you how we actually feel. you're a great graphic designer, <laughs> but Jobo has designed how many St. Louis Blues jerseys is it now? Four. Four, Four rounds. St. Louis Blues jerseys. About to be five. And we've seen every he, single one. He sends them in the group chat. Guys, look at this. Nice, Joe. And then he wants <laughs> to have like a conversation about them, though. It's not even like he's like, hey, look at these jerseys. Aren't they they're pretty cool? What do you, do you think they're cool? Yeah. And then he'll be like, I was thinking about this. I was like, End of conversation, Joe. Yeah, it looks good, dude. What do you want? <laughs> it's Friday. Go outside. He's all like, what did you do this weekend, Joe? The last weekend of summer. Did you take a girl to the X? Did you go out? Did you do something? He's like, I did a graphic design contest for the St. Louis Blues jersey. <laughs> and the worst part about it, the worst part about this contest is that, and Joe, what's your Twitter handle? Josiah Bosch. That's it. Spell it. J-O-S-I-A-H-B-O-S-C-H. Yeah, Everyone go vote. vote twice. There's no limit. So go f- follow Joe and vote for his stupid thing. Please vote so we stop hearing about it. Yeah, no, just... <laughs> he's like, well, I'm in the finals. My only thought was not congrats. It was, thank God this nightmare is almost over. Thank God I don't have to hear I've about this... I've never shared anything again. ...contest again. About these the fifth St. Louis j- Blues jersey I need to see. It's a hard team to design for. I... Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Speaking of nightmares, JD. Hold on. Oh, okay. One sec. I want to, I like the fact that you did a, a true pro transition. So kudos <laughs> to you there. I want you to that was know pretty that. Good. I want to hear what the speaking of nightmares was, but yeah, Joe, go outside, uh, go vote <laughs> for Joe, go follow him on this thing. But I was going to say the thing that pisses me off the most is he's going, I'm in the finals. He's a professional graphic designer. The guys that are designing the jerseys across from him 
look like they're from 2006. <laughs> There's clearly children in this. This is clearly a contest for children, and he's beating the crap out of them, and he wants us to give him some sort of adulation for this. It, I, I have not once looked at the other jersey and gone, oh, this is going to be remotely close. And he goes, I'm in another tight battle, boys. I'm in that. a battle. And there's 14 votes. And you go, wow, what a battle this is. There was 210 is. on the last he one. He took wow. the fifth year in high school. 210. He's just out here dominating the JV team. I know. I actually <laughs> talked about Jovo last night. with So my mom and Sam's mom, they were both educators. And Marianne Alt-McKee. And we, I talked about poor sweet Joe, how he lost the prime years. And this is why he is the way that he is. That's why he's a lost puppy. Okay, I go outside, guys. Like, no, occasionally. You, yeah. Sometimes hey, I cut the grass. Do you know, know what I know? Here's a fact. <laughs> I have never partied with someone who I went, man, this guy is a party animal. And then I was like, what are you up to later? He went, I'm in a contest designing jerseys that I spend hours on. And then I text everybody I know. Like, how many people do you text about this contest? Tell me the truth. Don't lie. How many people in your group of friends do you text all of your friends? No. I send it to like two group chets because they ask about it. And then I just send it. And I'm they like, cool. ask about it. Yes, he says. They, do. they ask about it. I sent the first it. one. Show me those texts that say that. They I, ask. I sent the first one. <laughs> Who asks about it? I sent it? the first one and they were like, send me the link so I can support you. And I'm like, cool. Thanks. I also like that. It's not like, like every friend I'm sending it to. His example of going outside was cutting the lawn. Yeah. Uh, anyway, a joke, yeah, yeah, yeah. No. It's a joke. Anyway, all right. So speaking of nightmares, dot, speaking dot, Speaking of nightmares, JD, thank you very much. Outside of the Toronto Blue Jays, who I'm just <sighs> so bummed about. I know, it's a horrible season. Nathan no, Rourke got cut from mm. the Jacksonville Jaguars. I don't care. Oh, you don't care? No, I don't care because I'm I'm happy for him. I think this is a good cut. Do you think that he becomes a backup now somewhere else, yeah. solidified in the NFL, or comes back up north to Canada? So here's my thought on it. He clearly played well. He outplayed C.J. Bathard. And I've also heard that he made an impression on a few people around the league. I just cannot imagine that a team doesn't end up taking flyers. Here's the problem, though. And this is the difficult part of him taking the Jags job. You need to learn the playbook. You know, you're a backup quarterback. You need time to learn the system. So he's in there grinding with the Jags playbook every single day. And there are other backup quarterbacks around the league that were doing the exact same thing. So I think it was a good cut from the standpoint of free him because for whatever reason, the Jags made up their mind that Bethard was the guy. They just thought, I guess maybe if they're going to play anybody, their season's done, but Bethard's been in the league for longer. Uh, who knows? But yes, clearly in the preseason Rourke, he showed, he showed something. I, I don't mean I don't care because I don't care about the kid. I actually do. I really want to see him succeed. <sighs> No, you just meant not a nightmare. I thought it'd be. I don't think it's a nightmare scenario. He chose scenario. to sign there. He was promised by Doug Peterson in the offseason that he'd be able to compete yeah. for the backup job. He outplayed C.J. Beathard in training camp yeah. by all accounts and in the preseason games. But yet it didn't seem like it was an open competition. So that's yeah, why. Yeah, that's it's, disappointing for him. And, and it's like mm -hmm. the decision making to go to Jacksonville where you're never going to be a starter because Trevor Lawrence is yeah, there. It's, but, it's, but he was never going to be a starter anyway. There was a, he, he wasn't going to get a job no, as a like starting quarterback. He had quarterback. an offer from Cincinnati. It was the one that Justin Dunk talks about. You go there and you backed up Joe Burrow. Like there's not yeah. as much competition there. So it's like it's just. It's a it's a really 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 tough spot for him and I and I feel for him because I want him to succeed as well. Mm -hmm. Hence why I said nightmare. I I think that if I was him, 
If he can get a job as a backup somewhere, great. Take the money, sign there because it's yeah. way better oh, money. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you want to be within a system and within an NFL locker room for sure. But yeah, I think that it's it, it feels a little bit more probable than at this point that he comes back up to the CFL and he plays football. Please not the BC Lions. We need another Argos Great Cup. We can't can't be having Vernon Adams is good BC. You don't need him. Leave him alone. It's fine. Argos are winning the Great Cup anyways. Here's the yeah. here's the not f- if Nathan Rourke comes back, no, man. You, you think fact. Chad Kelly's good? You should have seen Nathan Rourke no, last Chad year. Chad Kelly's Nathan better Rourke, than Nathan Rourke. No, he's yeah. not though. Unfortunately, yeah, I've watched them both. Uh, no. Nathan Rourke was Nathan, if he didn't get hurt last year, he would shattered every passing record in the CFL. My, my close the- my close personal friend Chad Kelly, who now follows me on Twitter. <laughs> oh, can we can we get him on the show? I mean, yeah, it's an Argos player, Austin. <laughs> like, whoa, look at lazy bones over here. Just, hey, uh, you want to do more of the booking? Yeah, uh, we can get Chad Kelly. Don't worry. Um, I have his cell phone number, not to brag. He's a beast. Chaz is the man. And Argos, Argos are a wagon. They're winning the Grey Cup. Man, mm-hmm. man, I'm so pissed that we have the highlights on in here, and they've played their Kirk out a million times. Oh, my goodness. A million times, yep. Yeah. And Schneider doing the yeah challenger. You guys, uh, yeah, blocking the plate. Yeah, yeah, sure. (laughs) Blocking the plate. Anyway, all right. Uh, Yeah, I think that he'll have a career. I I think that he's going to continue to make money as a quarterback. I'm not worried about him. I think that he's going to be either an elite CFL QB or he's going to be a backup in the NFL. I never thought that he was. I I I never thought that this guy's going to be a starter in the NFL. But I think eventually he will hang on with an NFL franchise and be a backup. And whatever weirdness happened with the Jags, I I would like to think the way that he played, one team would want to take a chance and roll the dice on him. But again, with him with it being the end of the preseason, NFL season now a week away, it's tough to envision them saying, "Yeah, come in here and try to learn our playbook and." get this down and we're going to walk away from whoever our backup is. That's been learning the playbook all preseason and already competing with somebody else. Yeah. Season like the, starts on Thursday. The Patriots cut Bailey Zappi and Cunningham. So yeah. there's a lot of talk of that, but it's exactly what you said. Yeah. Bill Pelletek's not going to bring uh, a rookie in who hasn't learned the playbook yet yeah. to be the backup to Mac Jones. So yeah, mm-hmm. I, it's disappointing. Yeah, Belichick's I, MO is that he'll probably find wherever Brian Hoyer is right now and make sure that he's Colt back. Colt McCoy. Actually, yeah. I think Colt McCoy, Colt McCoy. Did Colt McCoy get cut? He did. He the did get Cardinals cut. are going yeah, for yeah. the tank. I know they're, they're going start, Dobbs uh, and... Joshua Dobbs, baby. Yeah, Dobbs and... Titans what's, alumni. What's the backup's name again? Because he, he got a little hype and he's got an interesting name. Anyway, who cares? It's the Cardinals' backup quarterback. <laughs> it's a three-win team. No, I've actually heard too much about him for being the Cardinals' backup quarterback. Um, anyways, what's next? What did you think about the Noah Lyles world champion comments over the weekend? That went pretty viral. Yeah, and so a bunch of NBA fully. players were really mad about it. So Noah Lyles, uh, he won a bunch of races at the world championships over the weekend. And he had the comments after the race saying, you know, what hurts me the most is I have to watch the NBA finals and they have world champion on their head. World champion of what? The United States. Don't get me wrong. I love the U.S. at times, but that ain't the world. That is not the world. We are the world referring to the world championships. Mm-hmm. Um, there ain't no flags in the NBA. And a bunch of NBA players obviously responded, like Devin Booker, Kevin Durant, all saying, like, what is he talking about? He's out of his mind. So what did you think of the comments? Are they justified? Are they valid? Or completely out of line? I mean, this is just a, this is a weird one. Mm-hmm. This is Because he's technically right. No. But it's just, right. like, he's not, not right. really. He's not right. Grammatically, he's, he Forget no, Patty he's, Mills had that flag out there? He's... <laughs> I, I saw one guy, I think it was Draymond or something, where it was when trying to be smart goes wrong or something along those lines, and I went, yeah, that's it. <laughs> that, you've seen this before, right? When people go with the NFL and they say, the world champs, you're not the world champs. It's the baseball, you're not the world champs, you're the champs. Like, 
this is not a brand new idea. Yeah. This is a guy who's parroting an old trope, trying to get a pop, trying to make his accomplishment even bigger than it is. Mm -hmm. I think it sucks for him because he already had a great accomplishment. Yeah. That's cool. He did get some people to know his name. Yeah, he did get some people to know his name, yep. but not for the right reasons. And now you, you've you turned yourself into being this amazing athlete into the guy who's like trying to take shots at the NBA. I, I don't know. I just, I think it's pretty straightforward. I, I would say this. Normally, I hate when people defend themselves in this matter, when they punch down like the NBA players where you go, man, you should just be above this. And just everybody knows that nobody cares. Yeah. I liked it. I liked that the NBA guys, that there were so many dudes that were just a band of brothers that jumped on there and went, yeah. nah, this is, this is trash. This is cat. This is cat. <laughs> Damien Lillard <laughs> yeah. was in there. Yeah. It's just like, this is, this is not it. So I was cool with it. Anyway, uh, I thought it was lame. I thought it was a really, really weird move by him. But again, not something that is a new take. It's a very strange take. Yeah. Yeah. Guess what? More people around the world play soccer. So when you play in the world cup, you yeah. are truly the world champions, but every player worth a grain of salt from all around the world. The NBA is a global game. Mm-hmm. Like the MVP of the, the two best players on the world championship basketball team right now are yeah. from Canada and Serbia. <laughs> look at previous MVPs. It's yeah, a like, Greek and no, no, Serbian. It's, yeah, it's, it's a stupid take. Anyways, next. Uh, the angels place five players in waivers. I didn't Yesterday. know this was, I, I genuinely did not know this was legal, that these guys could, yeah. this could happen and then they could be on playoff rosters. So Lucas Giolito, Matt Moore, Renato Lopez, Hunter Renfro, yeah. Randall Gritchick, and Dominic Leone were all yeah. placed on waivers yesterday. Yeah. So six, because Dominic Leone was placed after. Um, are you interested in any of them for the Jays? Yeah, all. Every, every single every one single of them. Every single yeah. one yeah. Out, out of the six. six. Power. Out of the six. Hunter Renfro. Hunter Renfro. Okay, that's the yeah. one I figured you were going to say. Obviously. 724 OPS this year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's like he would be the fourth on best the team in yeah. yeah, I know. It'd be... <laughs> so Hunter Renfro would be number one in your power rankings. Yeah. yeah. I don't know why any of these guys would come here, though. Mm, I would assume true. that. I'm just and... saying because c- of the waiver wire, a worse record means you have a better chance at getting them. So the Jays yeah. actually may work out in their favor because French playoff team that actually may work out if nobody under them. Yeah, man, places all of those guys are better on your roster than the dude who didn't pinch run for Kirk. <laughs> so Mason McCoy. We, need, we need infield help and there's no yeah. infielders there. So sure. You're right. You're right. It just <laughs> woof. The Blue Jays I, are so deflating and it's so disappointing because every game you think it's going to change. Like with that nationals game yesterday, like you're saying, like it is the most deflating thing going on in, Oh, bases loaded with no They're outs, painful. down two in the ninth inning. They are like, one hell of a painful team. What do you What do you do, JD? Nothing. Like, yeah, you got you got to just you fire everyone at the end. Fire everyone at the end of this season. Try to change the front office. You got twenty nine games left. Yeah, Shapiro's not going anywhere. But you got to fire Atkins. You got to fire Schneider, and that's tough too. Because what about like roster construction wise? Like, is, are we looking at the end of the uh, Vladdy Bo? Like, do you really yeah, legitimately you explore trading Vladdy? They yeah, say, probably not Bo. Right? No brainer. No, not Bo. Why would you explore well, I guess trading value. Bo? It depends what you're getting in return, right? No, you're not exploring a Bo trade. There's no, there's no Bo trade. Bo is your franchise player now. Mm-hmm. You are going, we're still going to be competitive because so we're going to. So you still are trying to be competitive. Okay, that was yeah, kind of nope. what I was getting Mackie, at. Mackie, they're bringing back the entire starting rotation. Well, just the Oreos are gonna, still going to be Who good cares? next year. They're coming up. The rate, It's just that your windows looks like it's, like it's been pushed back. Like we've no, been talking about all year, right? It's, it's changed. The window has clearly changed. Because, like, the size of the window has changed, but not the timeline of the window. No, that's why you're definitely exploring Vlad trades. Yeah. 
You have to. Yeah. Because Vladdy sucks this year. You have to at least pick up the phone. Yeah. And so you're you're clearly looking for ways to improve your club and spread the wealth a little bit, and he's the way that you're doing it. I just think, yes, you have that starting rotation coming back and that bullpen mm-hmm. coming back, minus Hicks, who I don't see them resigning. It would just be too much money. So, yeah, no, I think that the pitching staff is still going to be top tier. It's going to be high end. you got to hope that Manoa has a bounce back. Rhee is gone. Chapman's gone, obviously. Yeah, who cares yeah, about you those can guys? Yeah, replace those guys yeah, pretty easily. Uh, well, can you replace Chapman, who's been one of the worst players in baseball since, since May? May? Yeah. yeah. No. <laughs> no. It, Chap- is, it is funny, though, just talking about the disappointment of the Blue Jays and then the Angels. Like, imagine how their fans feel. Like, that's the worst. You've had two generational players in every year like this for them. So it's, uh, and you decide to go all in and it does not work out whatsoever. It's baseball, brutal sport. Yeah. I. I have no sympathy for Angels fans. I don't care. Uh, <laughs> I only have sympathy for me and Blue Jays fans. I, I don't care about anybody else. It sucks. It sucks for I don't care about the Jays Angels. Fans. Uh, what's next? Uh, also over the weekend, some other football news. The Niners traded Trey Lance to the Cowboys for a fourth round pick. Yeah, this, we're getting old now. Okay. I have been off for a while anyway. Yeah. It happened when we were off. So do you see any future for Lance in Dallas or? Is nah, it? not really. This is really. a cheap backup for. Yeah. A guy who's been injured. Here's oh, actually, sorry. I shouldn't say no chance. I think it's kind of funny that people are looking at this like, well, if Dak is bad, like is Lance going to go in? Trey Lance hasn't played any football games. Okay. No. He's like literally never played any football games. Yeah. He's got what? A hundred snaps in the pros. Got 13 games in order to go to state. <laughs> That's what I'm, he's, yeah. he, he didn't even start a lot of games in high school. Yeah. He has, he hasn't played a lot since middle school. He is. Bruno Caboclo, but if Bruno Caboclo was drafted at the very top of the draft, <laughs> if you went third overall, yeah, it's just, he's, he's pure intangibles. Right. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it's pretty clear what happened with the Niners. They want to trade up and trade Matt and get Mac Jones. And mm-hmm. then they let the internet make the decisions for them where they had their guy. And then everyone went, you can't do all that for Mac Jones. You can't do that for Mac Jones. You can't do that for Mac Jones. Yeah. And then they buckled under that pressure and they took the high upside guy and they went the for the grand guy. slam because that was the only way for them to justify it. And it was a wrong move. Um, they just need, as you can see with Brock Purdy and Sam Darnold, they just need a guy who can get the ball out on time, get the ball yeah. out on time, get the ball out on time, get the ball out on time is run, 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 run. Yeah. They almost had Christian McCaffrey when, <laughs> you know, he's the starting quarterback <laughs> of the San Francisco 49ers. It's here's what I would say is annoying about all of this from my vantage point. One is I hate the Cowboys and mm-hmm. I love just buying low on a big upside guy with zero expectation. He's not coming in to replace Dak. Everybody no, just shut no, up. He's, Dak not. Prescott is infinity better at football than this guy. Sam Darnold is better than yes. this guy at football. Brock Purdy, the seventh round pick is better at football than this guy. They're not putting him in the Cowboys offense, barring an injury to Dak, but Dak has been injured before. Mm-hmm. And so it gives you a little bit of optimism for your fan base that should something happen, you have a backup there. You work with them for a couple of years, but by the time Dak's contract is done, when all that dead money's off the books, Trey Lance is due for a contract, and you're probably not going to give him one unless he's spectacular for you and you end up giving him some crap backup contract or whatever. I don't view this as like a long-term incredible play for the Cowboys. Yeah. But I don't mind buying low. I got to say that... I, I'll just say this. A fourth-round pick actually did feel a, a touch steep. If it would have been a really? fifth round pick, I wouldn't have thought about. Yeah, it's a yeah. Four, dude, fourth, fourth rounders round are good. That's a important. Yeah, yeah, no, first four rounds of the draft, I'm expecting that you are getting starters. If you blow those picks, I'm pissed. Yeah, fifth round, you're starting to go. Oh, okay, well, now we're into lottery Fringe starter, zone. Or maybe high end backup, yeah. something like that. And, and I just, yeah, whatever. It's fine. He's a backup quarterback. He's fine. What yeah. pisses me off is that the Niners made this horrific trade. They made the Rudy Gobert trade 
of the NFL. Three first-round picks who all turned out to be either turned into Tyreek Hill yeah. or used to draft Jalen Waddle. Or trade for Bradley Chubb. Yeah. And they... It's the Aaron Paul. I can't believe they're getting away with this meme. That's me screaming as they have one of the most loaded rosters in the NFL. And I'm sitting here going, I'm really going to be a Seahawks fan who has to watch them lose games to either Brock Purdy or Sam Darnold. Those two guys are going to strike fear in my heart. And yes, they will. Mm -hmm. Realistically, the Niners talent wise to me, they're the scariest team in the NFC. Them or the Eagles. Yeah. Yeah, the yeah, thing the about Eagles the Eagles is that Javon, the what's no, it's Jaylen not Carter. Jalen Carter. Carter. Nasty. I'm gonna, I, I almost said something that would have gotten me fired. Uh, <laughs> that's how devastated I am about the, the Carter thing. Is Witherspoon's been hurt, he was the last guy to sign a contract. I just, he has whatever off the field I, issues, JD. Off the field, I'm just issues. gonna say. It's feeling busty. <laughs> it's already, it's already oh got a waft of bustiness from my boy Witherspoon. Oh, it's a, it's a, it's good. a waft of bust. It's a, it's a light hint of bust in the air. And this Carter kid, who I was dreaming about this scenario for, who I wanted, so I wanted two guys in the draft, pretty damn bad. And it was Richardson and Carter. Mm, yeah. And I kept lying to my friends. I, you know how you have to throw up smoke screens with your friends of who you want, you know? Yeah. Once Carter was going to start to slip, I was like, oh, my God, could you imagine the Seahawks just get this guy? This is just exactly who we need, a nasty dude in the middle of the defense who's just a game wrecker and who people are afraid of. The new Some of the training you know, camp and preseason nah, I clips of I Carter. Can't, I can't even, honestly, it's yeah. going to. He's insane. He, remember how I said last week that I feel as though I'm starting to have closure with the Malcolm Butler pick? Mm-hmm. I feel like it's starting all over again with the Jalen <laughs> Carter, Carter one. The Jalen Carter draft, draft mess, potentially. It's I'm, just, I, yeah. I, I have a hard time believing Witherspoon is going to be a better pick than Jalen Carter. So yeah, I'm rooting for him to do crimes. <laughs> like, do crimes, man. Do crimes, bro. <laughs> the Eagles strategy of just picking up uh, the back-to-back national champion, Georgia Bulldogs. It's yeah. a pretty good one. No. Yeah. I, but I, I just, I, I think the Niners are nasty Bulldogs. and I just look at their team and just the, the, the Niners are so like any yeah. other team blows the third overall pick in no, the draft. It sets you back five years. Back the Niners. With that many draft yeah. picks gone out the door. And that's what I'm saying is like, look at their defensive line. Look at their secondary. Look at their linebackers. Are the Niners your look NFC their... favorite then? Would you no, have them the over only, Philadelphia? So I have Philly, but here's why. Because Philly's more certain to me at quarterback. I think Hurts is much better. True. Like Purdy yeah. over the course of a whole season, let's see it. Mm-hmm. I actually have a weird feeling that Sam Darnold might actually end up being the guy and he might be solid there. I've always kind of had a little bit of belief in Sam Darnold. Part of it, I think, is just that my I have two really close friends who are Jets fans, and it would just make me so happy if, you know, Sam Darnold getting cut. Great then, at USC. Yeah. Seeing ghosts. And if all these guys suck, and then, <laughs> you know, that guy ended up being good. Um, but, yeah, I just think top to bottom, they're nasty. But there's two things. One, the quarterback is not as proven. And yeah. two is, as talented as the Niners are, they've just got the injury-prone gang. Yeah, like, Bosa do. always feels like a guy who gets hurt. McCaffrey's always a guy who gets hurt. Mm-hmm. George Kittle, like Debo. It seems like they could lose any of them at any Trent Richardson, given or not Rich, uh, what's it? Yeah, Trent Williams. Williams that's Williams. it. Oh, Trent Richardson's on my mind. Trent Richardson. Anthony Richardson's on the mind. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> yeah, there's just a lot of guys where you could see the, the pieces start to fall apart and then mm-hmm. get hit with a rash of injuries. I had the chance to draft CMC in fantasy, and I was scared of the injuries, so yeah. I took Chase instead. But 
It's fine. Yeah, CMC, like, I, I think know. I'm I think, scared of the injury, so I'm like, nah, I can't take him. I can't take not him. only that, I think CMC is going to have some obviously massive games. He's CMC. Yeah. But I, I think that they'll do, they'll do their best to make sure that he's healthy this year. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't think that... I don't think he's going to be some kind of crazy workhorse back. Let's just say that. Yeah. Like they're, the, the, they're going to run the ball with a bunch of different guys. They're we'll going to spread the wealth. Yeah. 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 Anyway. Uh, I don't even know what we we're talking about. We, we were talking, I, I suggested trade. NFC favorites. Oh, yeah. when we were talking about, we went the very Niners far away from that. Anyways, I hate the Niners and I hate <laughs> that they're good. And I, I do think the Seahawks are going to be one of the more dangerous teams this year, but mm-hmm. with Witherspoon, the bust, <laughs> Seahawks are so hard to put a finger on because I didn't nah. expect them to be as good as they were last year. And then it's, you're also banking on, is this who Geno Smith nah, is going yes. forward? No, nah. <laughs> it's easy to put a finger on them. They're going to be good. They're going to be good. You think over nine wins again, eh? Oh, yeah. 100%. I was just about to ask the win total. How many? No, you can lock you that in. You went over nine and a half? You can lock that in. So you They're... think the Rams are having a down year again as oh, well? What do you mean? You no, do Matthew I think? Stafford do you know the stuff? Rams have one first round pick on their defense? It's Aaron Donald. They have nothing. They're, they're screwed. Um, Matthew Stafford can't talk to his teammates. No, dude, oh, that story, that story. What are you talking about? It's the the Rams are dead and bare. The Rams and the Cardinals. The the only painful thing for me is I actually hope those teams somehow beat the Seahawks in a game this year, so that they don't end up getting Caleb Williams. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Those two teams are in the tank off for Caleb Williams in a very spooky way. He's so good. I don't know if you watched any of that. San no, Jose dude. State yes. Game. Like, oh, yes. Like, I got no. Truth. So there's think go through the NFL. Find me the teams that are even in the conversation that are even close to potentially as bad as those two teams. You ain't going to find them. The Cardinals might, they're going to be the worst team in football. The Cardinals just traded for Josh Dobbs before the season started to be their starting quarterback. Titans legend Josh Dobbs. Yeah. The, the, the Raiders, but I mean, Max Crosby's better than anyone on the Cardinals. So the no. Raiders? What are you talking about? The Raiders traded for Jimmy G. He wins football games. I, still I think Jimmy G no, stinks. No, no, Single-handedly no, no, win no, them more no, than three no, games. No, 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 The Raiders would definitely be better than the Cardinals. Here's the, the thing. I'm in, a ni- I'm in a nightmare zone because here's the actual truth. If you look at the injuries that Denver's been racking up, they lost Jerry Judy now for a bunch. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hamlin's it? out for the season. Well, yeah, he's done. He's yeah. Careers. And Patrick is out. Yeah. Just they've, they've already lost a bunch of guys. They've got a running back. That's coming off of a major injury. They've got Russell Wilson who <laughs> sucks and who might end up getting benched and they put in, they might decide to tank. Uh, I think that their coaching will be too good to, to do that. I don't think Sean Payton will allow for that to happen, but the scenario here is as follows. We don't get the leg up on the Denver fans because they tank and then they go, yeah, sure. You got Russell. You gave us Russell Wilson and you guys got our picks. La di da. But you turned one of the picks into Witherspoon. Who's a bust and you passed on Jalen Carter and we ended up getting Caleb Williams nightmare. That's the way that I could find Cardinals or Rams get him, And then he's in your division for the next, you know, 12 years Mm -hmm. plus nightmare. I don't see any other team where it could go off the, like, I don't, I don't see another team in football that has that potential for me other than Houston. But guess what? Guess who's Houston's picks are owed to Houston's picks are owed to mm-hmm. the Miami dolphins for the Lemmy Tunsil trade. No, mm-hmm. no. neither of you guys know the league. Oh, Dwayne Brown, the Seattle Seahawks trade. I forgot when they trade for the left no. tackle, right? No, come on. You think if I, had the Houston no, it's, Texans it's pick. Yeah, duh. It was last year at the draft. They traded yeah. back. Houston traded Stroud, up to yeah. get yeah. CJ Stroud. I forgot about that. Oh. That yeah. wasn't plugged into the draft this year. No. Mm-hmm. 
They went and got the kid from Alabama, and they got C.J. Stroud, and they traded up to make sure that they had that one-two punch in the Will draft. Anderson Jr., yep. yeah. They have eight picks next year. No, man. It's a nightmare. If, if, if Seattle had Houston's pick, all the show would be would be talking about me rooting against Houston next year and hoping <laughs> yeah. that Caleb Williams would be a Seahawk and how my life was dependent on this now. Like, mm-hmm. all my happiness and joy would be funneled towards getting a quarterback from a program I hate. And that it, my whole life of hating USC would come to a moment where I would have Pete Carroll and Caleb Williams. I got a worse roster too. The uh, Indianapolis Colts. Nah. They have not one player over the age of 30 this nah, they year. They don't win games. Nah, the, the division's horrible, yeah. so they it could. But, no, but dude, I, I the think thing the Colts They're not are bailing be really on Anthony bad. Richardson in year one. They would trade. Yeah, yeah, but they have like Anthony Richardson. Oh, I don't think is very good. I watched oh, play wow. in Florida, oh, man. Oh, like, oh. Okay. I watched him play in Florida. Mister Guy didn't know who had who. He's like, I wasn't very plugged in the draft this year. I watched him play at Florida. Okay, right on. Anyways, by the way, I need to say about Florida quickly. This is a side tangent. I watched Swamp Kings. Oh, I watched yeah, Swamp Kings. Kings. It sucked so <sighs> bad. It was one of the worst documentaries I have ever seen. It was painful. I couldn't believe I sat through the one entire thing. One of the thing. worst. One of the worst. Most because it was dishonest. The one of the most despicable and embarrassing sports docs I have ever laid. You're gonna have to explain why. Why embarrassing? Because they just did. They didn't go into the Urban Meyer stuff or the Anthony or like anything really. The series is called Untold. Yep, <laughs> is what it's called. And they told the story of, of Tim Tebow and how he was. A God-fearing, great guy who found ways to win football games. It the, Some of the locker room footage was fine. Like, it's cool to see that. I've seen Tim Tebow in the locker room do the, we got... No, it's more Urban Meyer than Matt wrestling. Dude, but. yeah, but the Matt wrestling was the best thing about the entire yes, thing. 100%. When it's guys literally doing Brazilian jiu-jitsu, choking each other out, <laughs> rear naked chokeholds on the mat. <laughs> Urban's like, they leave, they leave. I no. don't care. And watching the Siler stuff was fine. Like, it's fine, but it was awful. Considering that this is a team that had the Pouncey Twins. No reference. Cam Newton. No reference. Like, it was awful. Aaron Hernandez. No reference other than he caught a touchdown and Tim Tebow goes, oh, we got in a fight one night, but it was my fault. Like, no, man. They had compelling and interesting and polarizing figures on their team, and they explored none of them. Joe Hayden doesn't get a mention. Cam Newton doesn't get a mention. How did you not interview Percy Harvin? Dude, no Percy Harvin. It was horrific. Beyond horrific. So if the bar is like, was it watchable? Yeah, like it's watchable because I like sports talks. If you're saying like how high the bar could have been for something like that in a series called Untold, which mm-hmm. by the way, the Untold series so far has been phenomenal. Like the, oh, standard- the steroid one sucked. Yeah, but I didn't even watch that one because nah, I'm like, who cares? Yeah, yeah, who cares about this? Like, ooh, people use steroids. And anyway, I was like, yeah, that's <laughs> that, that's all been told before. But even the one about the Australians and the Americans oh, doing the, the ship battle, one? the sailboat one, I was so into that. I never thought I would be 15 minutes in. I was like, Long Come end. on, Australia. <laughs> Come on, Aussie. Come on, you Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was doing that. No, and even like their bad sport one, I watched that one with the cricketer, Dude. had the match. Oh. Like, Netflix awesome. does good work, but no, I they... think the nostalgia part for me, because I was a kid watching nah, nah. all that, and it, yeah. like, it was like, oh, this is Tim T. Yeah, then, yeah it's okay. I You're also simple. thought they did Chris Leak yeah. so dirty. Chris Leak was no, really good on that first national championship that team. That documentary sucked. That was horrific. Uh, it was an Urban Meyer puff piece with Tim 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 Tebow sprinkles, and basically told you absolutely nothing that was untold, and there was not one thing other than the mat drills and me googling 
Brandon Siler's NFL career that I got out of that. Going, how come I don't remember my this? My mom came in. My stepdad he had about twelve gold teeth at that point. Yeah, Coach anyway. Meyer hugged me and said, anyway. "Those like, it's so good." Anyways, what's next? Did you see the uh, the Kelly Stafford comments about Matthew Stafford relating to his young teammates? No. So uh, it was on Kelly Stafford's podcast, and mm-hmm. she said um, Matthew would come home from training camp and be like, the difference in the locker room has changed so significantly. They have a lot of rookies on their team. They're very young, but he's like, I feel I can't connect. In the old days, you come out of the practice, you shower. People would be playing cards, interacting, but now they get out of practice. Yeah, basically meetings, all I'm hearing they here is that phones. the youths suck, and that's it. It's like, the youths it's, go it's, to their like phones. it's Jobo, where all he has to talk about is <laughs> being on his computer, making computer designs. And you're like, yeah, sick. And then he looks at his phone and he goes, do you see this TikTok? And I'm like, all right, see you later. I never send you TikToks. See you tomorrow. I will send you TikToks. No, that's all he's saying. And and guess what? That's something I took from the Swamp King doc too, is that Mm -hmm. sports used to be sweet. Sports used to be the bomb. Yeah, that's actually and a great point, JD. And sports are getting worse and worse because of young people ruining it and young people culture. <laughs> yeah. You guys are ruining it. You think Matt drills? That's the thing. It's like, it's like, hey, th- we made these guys tough. We were trying to make these guys tough. And now it's like, no. Well, then you hear about the now, Minnesota coach and they're no. like, he's trying to get me rid of my personality and make me Dude, part of a team. I that's would what never I mean. do that. That's, that's what I mean. Now it's like, now it's like, Mike Babcock. He asked Mitch Marner, who doesn't work that's hard on the team? He should be in prison for life. Well, it's more like he embarrassed him in front of his oh, teammates after, Oh, he embarrassed right? the, the millionaire. Oh. I do also think like... Oh, Lord. Someone, please. Someone step in and put Mike Babcock in handcuffs for doing that thing to Mitch Marner. Oh. <laughs> No, it's more so calling him out in front of his teammates. Oh, it was more so calling him out in front of his teammates. Oh, all right, good point. Brandon Siler was punching bros in the face when they (laughs) dropped the leg in the ab workout. That's what I like. That's the sports I'm into. That's what attracted me to these games. It wasn't who is having the best. Feelings. It's today. actually hilarious because you're right. You hear about the Northwestern stuff with let's, all the hazing there. Let's all get in a circle and tell each other a best part of our day. <laughs> it wasn't competing. It was the friends we made along the way. No, it's the sucks. friends we made along the way. If it's pro sports and it's high end college sports, I want it to be like the Urban Meyer program. I want to see my guys. You know how happy I'd be if they were like UW brought in Matt Drills this year and the boys are choking each other out. I'd be like, yes, see, uh, hell yes. I think we're the Matt Drills were, we're too going to the natty. <laughs> <laughs> no man, the Matt Drills are sweet and that's awesome. And I'm so down for that stuff. And I love hardcore players that police the locker rooms and. Yeah, that's all cool to me. And if mm-hmm. you don't think that's cool, yeah, whatever. <laughs> oh my goodness. It's so spooky. Guys were yelling. They called him out in front of his teammates. But then it's just the problem is like you see the stuff with North, like Pat Fitzgerald at North. He got, just got fired for basically doing the exact same thing that they yeah. were talking with Urban Meyer, right? Yeah, so it's like. That's what I'm saying. Sports, it's getting the wussification of sports. Do you think Urban Meyer could coach today? Do you think if Notre Dame went to him right now, he would take the job, or do you think? What do you mean? Meyer, do I think Urban Meyer could coach today? Like he was just in the methods, NFL. With those, and uh, and then no. didn't work in the NFL because he kicked no, a kicker. No, you have to change. He's like I'm the no, coach. Man, do something course. about it. No, that's of course. That's what I'm saying. Everything's changing, and now it's like everything's public, and there's a camera, and every yeah, it's just yeah, people will dime you out, and it's sensitivity culture over everything, and the internet outrage wins overall. So yeah, no, I don't think that that could happen. It's sad. 
And guess what? That's how you end up with more athletes where you're like, huh, like, why does it seem like these guys don't care as much? It's like, because they don't and they don't have the same accountability and they're multimillionaires, even if they're mediocre in just about every major sport. Anyway, I don't want to get into this, but like, I like sports. All right. I do a sports show. You do? But that sweet to me is this. I will. I don't care what you do. You could be the janitor. You could be, uh, you know, Fortune 500 CEO. I, I don't. I don't care what it is that you do. Mm-hmm. If you do something with passion and real care, and you have that just need to be great at what you do, that respect for what you do, I love it. I love it. I love when people have that dog. Why? Why do you think, man? So many times I see like. I hated Kobe Bryant as a player. I genuinely despised him. Yeah, amen. But then afterwards, you see all the work no, he put in and everything. I always knew the work. I'm just saying I've always respected Kobe. And every single Kobe story where it comes in where, like, I saw one where it was a story recently about how he didn't pass his teammates the ball because they just wanted to get out of the gym and, you know, they wanted to shoot around. He's like, why would I ever pass you the ball? I'm in here working on my craft every single day and you want to leave as soon as practice is done. Like, I love dogs, man. Mm-hmm. Dogs. Why do you think I'm so pissed about Vladdy this year? Does Vladdy seem like a dog? Bo's a dog. Nope. Oh, Bo's, Bo's a definitely dog. a dog. Even with Varsho, it's like, man, this guy stinks, but he's a dog. He runs. <laughs> like, him yeah, running the bases is like... Yeah, he's really bad. <laughs> yeah, he's bad at hitting, yeah. Yeah, really the OPS bad. He got hot for a little while, though. Um, anyway, I just like dogs, man. I like guys who care. Um, I like guys where it bothers them deeply and that they just will do whatever it takes to make sure that they get better. Not, like, yeah, growing up with Theo Fleury, dude, Claude no. Lemieux, those were the, my favorite. Dude. But do you mm. think those guys don't exist Kyle anymore? Lowry. Kyle Lowry's a great Kyle Lowry's sucking, Lowry sucking in the playoffs and then staying in the gym all night to keep getting up shots after to make sure that he was on point, just killing himself for it. I mean, you see it went bad for Vernon Wells here towards the end because I don't think anyway. people thought he had that dog. Right? Yeah, but I, I disagree about that one. I think Vernon Wells is misunderstood. But anyways, uh, I like dogs and I like sports that embrace dogs. And so the new yeah. generation's ruining it. You. Yeah, all the new kids on the block are terrible. Anyway, yeah, not a lot of dogs <laughs> in your generation. A lot of, excuse me, <laughs> excuse me, sir. <laughs> we should be at the top. We should be at the top. I will say, Max Domi seems like a dog. I got faith in him coming here. Oh yeah, Tyler Bertuzzi too. Yeah, Tyler Bertuzzi dog. Mm-hmm. Bertuzzi, Ryan, Ryan Reeves, dog. Dog. Yeah. 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 Guess what? They're not your generation. Max Domi, Dad, party with Max Domi, definitely is. Bertuzzi's closer. From Don Mills Flyers, baby, come on. No, but he's not a, he's not Gen Z, he's millennial. He's 95. Nah. First of all, yeah, if you're 28, what are you? I think you're a millennial. 95, as I am 95. So you're a millennial. So Domi's a millennial as well. Yeah. I don't, I think. Anyone after, You're not Gen Z. We take it, we'll take it. No, I'm Gen Z. (laughs) Yeah, uh, I'm the born, baby. Uh, it says, yeah, late no, no, 90s. it is. It's the borderline. It's right there to cut off. Yeah, but. you're on the cutoff. No, currently, it's currently 25-year-olds and 40-year-olds. That's what they say. 25, yeah. But well, I, I think if you're 25, that's your Gen Z. Millennials goes up to 96, apparently. Yeah, so there you go. And Gen Z is 96 to 2012. It's somewhere in that range. Yeah. He's on the border. Dog. We, we own him if he is a dog. If you are a dog, hey, this is my suggestion. If you are a dog <laughs> and you are born in 95 or 96, we would like to formally welcome you You're to... You're signing them? Yeah, millennial. <laughs> if you are not, not a dog... So we, if, we need some. If you are soft, we would like to tell you to step down to Gen Z, where you can make a no, TikTok we're, we're and watch Euphoria them. and have we're a... We're waving them. Yeah. We're waving them. <laughs> straight, straight to... We're DFA'd. You're not yeah. the coach. Yeah. DFA'd. You can I know, I hold no authority. enjoy the new season of Euphoria. You will have a blast. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, all right. What else? We got anything else or we wrap this no, up? No, because we want to 